Praise the Lord. Father, we want to give you thanks. Lord, for we see that you are still that you've raised up missionaries in in places and you put grace into their hearts that they might continue the work that you have commissioned unto them. And this afternoon we are not unawares that we have been called as missionaries ourselves. Father, as we pray that there might be indigenous people sent forth, we pray for grace in our own hearts to remain in the place where you have planted us and continue the work that you have given us. This afternoon as we look into your infallible word, God give us ears to hear, a mind that is willing to obey. You know the situation of our hearts, Therefore, we pray for a cleansing. God, we pray that you would captivate our attention. For there are many things, including the smart devices that you've given us, where the blessing could become a hindrance. God, we pray that you would give us the grace to remain focused in your house this day, drive out every form of lethargy, drowsiness, which are indeed agents of the enemy ready to pluck the good seed which is scattered today by the Harvester, we bless your name, God. Thank you, Father. Lead us forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to open your Bibles once again this afternoon to the book of First Peter. And this time we will, we will look at verses 18 even unto the end of the chapter. First Peter chapter 2, from 18 even unto the end of the chapter. And I read, and it says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures while suffering unjustly. 
For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it you endure, but if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. While he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Father, we pray that your word would be engrafted today in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now as we look at paragraph after paragraph of First Peter, one thing is quite clear that there is a high demand which is laid on a Christian. A very high demand is laid upon every one of us. If you answer to the call of a Christian today, this, this afternoon, there is a high demand that the word of God places upon you. And as we read these, it is impossible for us to walk away from First Peter without thinking, now how does this, reflect upon me? And unless we begin to ask that question, we have not even begun to meditate on God's word. Because there is an implicit requirement that we ask, now how does this apply unto me? And this is what Peter addresses throughout his epistle. Now one of the common words that you hear today is rights. Now in our own region and in our own culture we might not have heard it in this part of the world except for a couple of years ago when we heard people asking for rights but there are there is something known as rights in the nations that we come from. There are rights for the unborn and there are rights for women. There are students' rights and there are animals' rights, even though the animals don't know about it. Because if you buy a health product, you find the small icon of a rabbit, if it's a cosmetic product, you would have found a small icon of a rabbit on it which says that it has not been tested on animals. That is, animals have not protested against your use of that product. 
And then there is something known as employee rights, and that is investors' rights, and all sorts of rights, which is to right something that is wrong. But the point is, what do you do when you encounter injustice? That's the question. Now, if you are part of any of the rights, you would encounter an injustice, usually by protest. And we've seen that even in our own homes. If you have three children, buy one chocolate, you will find a protest. Because they feel it is not right. One of the first words our children learn is, it is not fair. So we have rights for everything, and this is the issue that Peter is addressing in verses 18 through 20, and then from 21 through 25, he addresses this issue by showing an example. We would not go there today, but we would be looking at verses 18 through 20. So, nevertheless, you might have not been part of one of these rights movements, but sooner or later you will encounter this. Now, when our sister goes to Canada, she will encounter this in her own university. And when you and I decide to move out of this region, and you never know, even in this region, sooner or later, there might be rights. The question is, as a Christian, how do you answer it? How would you, which side would you take? What's your stand when you are called to protest against injustice? Let's read verse 18 once again. And therein we find the answer. For it says, servants be subject to your masters. With all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. But then, the last time this, this was addressed from this pulpit, we had Peter addressing something of our response to civil government, and this time, Peter wants us to take a look at our response to employers. Now, you might be saying, I am not a servant, because the word servant conjures up in, a, in our own mind the image of a, of a worker working in our own homes, probably who uses the broom, probably uses his or her own hands. The word used there in the Greek is not 
slave but servant and it means domestic helper somebody indeed who works at home now that definition per se would exclude a lot of us who work in offices but it does not because in the present context it includes anyone who works for wages so if you have decided to give your services to someone in return for wages you are a worker and you answer to the category called servants according to first peter therefore this verse is as much applicable to you and i as it would be to the first century reader servants therefore submit to your masters what we see over here is a call to submission there is a biblical mandate to submit it's a command to submit not a suggestion and this submission has to be in fear verse 18 says submit with respect which in the greek means with phobos or phobia now you ask the question who should i fear and obviously the answer is you do not fear man because the bible says and you should know this that the fear of man is a snare so who do you fear peter addresses this five times in his letter the issue of fear and it is referred to fearing god therefore the logic is that servants you submit yourself to your masters in the fear of the lord now that's what peter is telling us over here conduct yourself in fear of the lord observe yourself in the fear of the lord submit yourself in the fear of the lord the extent of our submission is given in the second part of verse 18 which says you submit to the good and to the bad you submit to that who is gentle and you also submit to him who is cruel you submit to the one who does not ask a hundred percent from you you also submit to him who asks a hundred and ten you submit as a worker and that's one thing common in this room that all of us traveled from the shores of our own country and we came here to become someone's servant now you might disagree with that but if you have a boss who pays you you have become a servant sorry i put it so crude but that's what peter calls us therefore if you begin to recognize yourself as a servant the first thing that happens is that your ego begins to break 
you begin to realize that God has called us as a CEO servant. And as a sweeper servant. And the law is the same according to the Lord. Notice one thing, the Bible does not ask us to fight against slavery. One thing the Bible asks in the book of Deuteronomy and in the book of Exodus is that masters do not harshly treat slaves, but nowhere did either the Old Testament or the New Testament ask us to shake off slavery or servanthood for that matter. So you begin to see your calling in your workplace as an evangelist when you have been called to submit in all reverence to God unto all shapes and sizes of masters. If possible, we would have replaced our bosses with our church pastor. Because I agree that some of your bosses are not the most lovable persons. But then when you sign the contract, there was nothing in the contract which says that you shall love your boss. And the boss shall love you back. But yet Peter says, if you are answering to the description of an employee, you shall submit. Submission is a major theme in First Peter. So is suffering. Now these go linked hand in hand. And another truth that you find from the Bible, and it is again given in verse 21, is that God has called us to suffer. Now we might again dislike the idea, but you can take it up with God, I am just a messenger. If you dislike that, you are most welcome to raise a protest against Jesus. And we know what his answers would be. Anyway, the extent of our submission is that we submit unto all. Now, to get a view of how we do this on a day-to-day -day basis, I invite you to turn to Colossians 3. I could have taken you even to Ephesians 6, but these two passages are, in fact, parallel passages. Colossians chapter 3, 22 on to, through to 25 what does it mean to submit as an employee? And here the command is given to a slave, due loss, somebody who has given up his right. But let's take a look at the demand that is placed on anyone who is an employee today. It says, verse 22, Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, 
not by way of eye service as people pleasers but with sincerity of heart fearing the lord whatever you do work heartily as for the lord and not for men knowing that from the lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the lord christ for the wrong doer will be paid back for the wrong he has done and there is no partiality so we have a number of directives given in colossians 3:22 on to 25 and i trust that you are looking into your own bibles because we will you should be marking that and checking yourself off if you are doing that now if children are feeling that they do not have any participation over here you could probably check yourself off if you are subjecting yourself to your parents so i have an assignment cut out for everyone today who is under authority anyone other than the workers over here you could easily ignore this passage and deal it with the lord but everyone please first one submission at the place of work is comprehensive do you see that in the scripture obey your masters in in what a faint murmur obey your masters in in all things that means that you don't get to pick and choose what you would obey now immediately mr smart alec would be thinking what if he commands me to do something against the word of god you already know the answer it's given to you in acts 4 acts 5 but for the others who have not asked that question your submission what is the type of submission that you are to give for the reals that you get is comprehensive submission let's look at another aspect secondly and perhaps most importantly christians ought not to be man pleasers do you see that in colossians obey in everything not by way of eye service as people pleasers that means that you and i keep doing all the monkey business when nobody is watching and when the boss's footstep is heard behind us the screen changes to your a worksheet and you begin to murmur something giving him an impression that you are thinking and this is just a offshoot of your brain functioning or you quickly grab the phone even though it is not ringing and begin to talk to an imaginary customer brethren this ought not to be so if 
we waste an hour and i am careful to choose my words here and if we get paid for that hour we are stealing from the company and revelation 21 says thieves will not enter the kingdom of god if we choose not to sign out in the biometrics when we go to the bank to withdraw money and on the way we have a sandwich and a couple of drinks finish our lunch come back obviously don't sign in and you have a sign out at the end of the day and your total 8 hours are calculated we have stolen from the company disciplinary action is not taken against you for you being 15 or 30 minutes late does not mean that the boss with a capital b and a capital o and a capital s and another capital s spelt lord has not seen you why should we treat ourselves with leniency when slaves christian slave like brother onesimus had to be under a whip in philemon's house and paul had to write a personal letter of recommendation saying he is a christian don't give him a brick bat treat him as a brother you and i have no right to treat ourselves with leniency when we steal from the company because every man will give account for everything he has done and the all seeing eye is upon us and unless we learn to become fellow brethren with those who work hard how can we uphold a testimony to the glory of christ because i am sure that in your organization and mine there are workers who are more hard working than us who are not christians more dedicated and sincere than us who are not christians doesn't it call unto us to say shame on me shame on you peter says submit in all things paul says the same thing thirdly we work for the benefit of our master let's look at verse 22 in colossians 3 it says with sincerity of heart verse 23 work heartily i don't know how many of you jump up on a sunday morning and say good old jim will be there in office today or i love my ceo he's such a lovely guy i want to go and give him a hug but that's the attitude required of us heartily heartily that means your heart is in there in the job that you do you're not 
waiting for Thursday. I have a couple of people who sit with me in my office and Thursday morning you know it is Thursday morning. But fortunately she is a very hard worker and it's just for fun that she says today is Thursday. But I wonder how many of us seriously say thank God it's Thursday. And till Thursday afternoon we are, we are productive, but after about one o'clock our productivity goes down on a Thursday. Because we love the Lord's day on a Friday. I don't know how many of us have a hearty working attitude. Do you know that you are the fifth gospel? Christ's credibility rises and falls with your presence in that office. Christ's credibility, Christ's gospel work in your soul displayed in your attitude determines Christ's credibility at your workplace. Did you know that? Do you recognize that? Would you uphold that from tomorrow? Would you tell, would you give your boss the opportunity to say that I have no worker better than X, better than Y? Peter had the same intention. He said that, therefore, let it work for the glory of God. Read verse 11 through to 12 in 1st Peter 2 you would find that have your conduct in this world in such a way that people would would be enthused to praise God quickly what are the outcomes of this submission God's eye is on you and I get that from verse 24 and 25 of Colossians 3. God's eye is upon you. You will receive an inheritance. Now your inheritance is reserved for you there in heaven while you keep earning salary here on earth. How good is that? How good is that? Second, this finds favor with God. We would come to it soon in, in verse 21. And another benefit of such a submission is that we don't want the world to receive a message from us that we are more concerned about the things here on earth. Imagine you correcting a travel report and adding 50 riyals more to an expense that you have not actually incurred. You gained 50 riyals, 
but your unbeliever has seen that. And he thinks that 50 riyals is more important for you than the faith that you carry. The unwritten benefit is that don't allow the world to think that your treasures are here on earth. Quickly then, what is the motive for our submission? We went through this and we understood that we are called to submit. But what would be the motive for submission? 19 through 21 in chapter 2 of 1 Peter. And I read, For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called. I stop there. Number one, it is a gracious thing. Or to put it in a, in a better sentence, I'm going to say that I submit irrespective of the consequences and irrespective of the boss that I have over me because, number one, it finds favor with God. That's my motivation, number one. And that I get from verse 19. And it says that it is a gracious thing. Did you see that in your Bibles? It says, it's a gracious thing. Towards the end of verse 20, it says, this is a gracious thing. What does it mean to be the recipient of grace at your workplace? It means that grace received is to discharge our duty with submission. It is a gracious thing. Therefore, I begin to submit. Another motive I see over there is I begin to submit irrespective of the consequences because I am mindful of God. That's there again in verse 19. Because mindful of God, I begin to submit. I begin to submit because I know that God is watching. When my master is treating me unjustly, I know my God is watching. Now before you think that my God is watching, therefore there will be sulfur and brimstone upon my boss's head. That's not the intention of my boss, my, my God is watching. The intentions are threefold. Number one, because my boss is watching or my Lord is watching, number one, he will use this situation to change me. Have you thought about that? Jacob was put under Laban and Jacob changed. So did Laban. But that's point two. God puts you in a tough situation, number one, so that your character may be developed. He is not going to remove your boss so easily. 
he is more interested in your soul than in your happiness therefore you might be fervently fasting and praying for your boss to get transferred but unless the christ likeness is formed in you god will not allow that transfer but when it is over god will either remove him or promote you number 3 god could change the person through your testimony god is more interested how how can we conclude that god is not interested in the soul of your boss and mine and we have been placed there the bible says we are the aroma of christ unto them who are being saved we are the aroma of life and unto them that perish we are the aroma of death what do you smell of in office what is your fragrance do you smell of death to your boss or do you smell of life does he come to you and say i need the same joy that you have or will he say this man is no different from me so therefore the second reason why i submit my motivation is that number 1 it finds favor number 2 i am mindful that god has watched over me number 3 there is no glory in being punished for sins we have committed and that's there in verse 20 it says for what credit is there when you sin and are beaten for it that means that assuming that you and i have committed a sin worth whip lashes and our boss comes with a big whip and he whips us and we deserve it what credit is it to us rather on the contrary notice the word but in verse 20 it says if for when you do good and suffer for it and endure it it is a good thing in the sight of god so point number 3 i submit irrespective of the consequences and irrespective of the type of boss that i have because i understand there is no glory in suffering for wrongs i have done and what are some of the wrongs that we quote and quote unknowingly do take photocopies from office bring posted notes for our children to do their cartoons and one day we are caught and we send a text to the intercessory team my visa is in trouble please pray how will i lift up my hands unto god and say god save your child god would say there is an aching in your midst that is why 
you got defeated in AI. There was found one Babylonian garment and a wedge of gold in his tent, which should not have been there. Number four, and finally, I close here. The fourth reason I am motivated to submit is that I am called to suffer like Christ. And that's there in verse 21. I am called to suffer like Christ. Christ has set us an example that we may follow thereby. No matter how much you and I pray for that suffering be removed, our God is gracious that He would not stop reducing the flames until Christ is fully formed in us. Until Christ is fully formed in us. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Lord and Father, help us to display a faithful testimony at our place of work, marked with high integrity, hearty service, no embezzlement, that we may be caught serving you through hard work, than be caught chasing after the rights of this world. Our Father, permit it, O God, that if need be, you would cause us to suffer for doing good, than suffer for doing what is wrong. Permit it, O Lord, this afternoon that you would cause us to recognize our calling in Christ Jesus. And this calling also is that we may suffer even as Christ suffered. But while suffering, he entrusted himself to you, my God. Father, we pray that being mindful of you, we would do likewise. As many of us as are suffering, God, my prayer this day is that you would speed up the process of forming Christ in them and let them escape the suffering. As many as have tyrant bosses, God, I pray this day that our testimonies of submission would shine through as a diamond in darkness. God, we pray that as many as are struggling in this submission issue, that the words of Peter, as we encountered this day, would help us see that for us there is an inheritance reserved in heaven and that you are well pleased with us when we submit, rather than when we rebel. Therefore, Lord, we pray, remove rebellion from our midst in the name of Jesus. Make us the best workers in the land in the name of Jesus. Help us that our organizations, O oh God, would, pro, would, would, would be blessed because of our presence, would prosper because we are there. We would cause no harm to our managers, but Lord... Because of our presence in the organization, it is well with us in this land.
Thank you, God. As we begin a fresh work week, Lord, I pray that these words of Peter may be fresh in our hearts and even indeed throughout our lives. We thank you, God, for hearing and answering us. For in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. How many of you heard the word today? How many of you think it's for your neighbor? It's not for your neighbor. Let me make that clear. It's for me. It's for you. This is the heart of God. I hope none of us are thinking right now. I would rather try hell than submit in my office. If you are thinking that, that would be a big mistake. That would be a big mistake. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 tells us this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. So if there's anything we need to do, we need to do it when we are living. God has asked us to submit. God has asked us to develop a servant heart. Why do we think that it's not, I don't want to be called a servant? Our Lord Jesus Christ was called a servant. So let's just think, think about your own life. Let's stand as we close the service. Just think of our own lives. Can we learn to be submissive in all areas of our life? Let's not assume, we might have assumed till now, that the word submissive is only for wives. The word submissive is for everyone. Submit. Just look at yourself. Are there areas that you need to submit to? Are there areas where you are refusing to change? Are there areas where you know you should change? In your office? In other places? Do you think it's okay just to live the same life as your neighbor in your office? Or do you aspire to a higher standard? A standard which Christ has set for you and me. That's what we should be looking for. It's very easy just to be the same as the next person. But that's not what Christ wants us to be. There's a whole multitude of people watching you and me. We've got to be different. And that starts with submission. Look at yourself. Are you an Aiken? Is your home suffering because you are an Aiken? Is your church suffering because of that? Let's take a decision today. Father God, thank you for telling us. Thank you for reminding us, Lord Father, that you chose to be a servant. And while we aspire to be like you, Lord Father, help us to remember 
that the way to kingship is through servanthood. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us. You have spoken your heart to us through your servant, Lord Father. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that every one of us has heard your word this day, Lord Father. I pray, Lord, that it will be word that will be embedded in our heart and we will act on it, Lord Father. That we will do nothing. We will do nothing that will prevent us from entering into your glorious kingdom, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, even the smallest thing. We don't want to be thieves and therefore are denied entry into your glorious kingdom. We don't want to be liars and are therefore denied into your glorious kingdom. Father God, help us to change where we need to change, Lord. We commit ourselves into your hands. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to every one of us. Thank you, Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to anoint him, Lord Father. Continue to bless him. And Father God, give him divine wisdom so that when he speaks to us, Lord Father, it will be your words which he brings across to us in a way that is clear, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for him and his family, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his family, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use him in this place all the more, Lord Father. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you, Lord. Commit each one of us into your hands. And I pray, Lord, that as we depart from this place, I pray, Lord, that the one word which will ring in our hearts will be submission. We thank you, Lord. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, I need to remind you, this is a reminder that's been coming every week. It doesn't seem to have penetrated into the skulls of some people, but we need to get this across. Please do not leave anything behind. As I've said in the past, if you do wish to leave something, be, let it be your iPad. I shall collect it. Okay? No wrappers. No diapers. No bottles. Please leave the house of God clean. So if you wish, I'll give you 30 seconds. You can bend down, pick up all that belongs to you. Make sure you do not leave anything behind. And then we'll go out. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you leave this place.